0: Welcome to the Editor's Note Comics Podcast. I think that this world, it needs men that are willing to make the hard call. Central Maine's best comics podcast, by default. Ain't no thing like me, Stephanie. Here are your hosts, Zach and Jared. The coming. No.
1: When do we start? Hey, welcome back. Happy Tuesday. Oh, I thought that was going somewhere. Nope, I didn't really have anywhere for it to go. Well, it's officially
0: countdown day. Is it countdown day? It is countdown day.
1: Oh yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, what three, two, one? Yeah, one, two, of... three. Yes. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, this whole week <laughs> is a palindrome. <sighs> I'm so bored already. What? <laughs> well, you, you got a problem with palindromes, buddy? I just—it's it, those dumb things that people are like. Ooh, shut up. Do you not know word like words like level or Bob or race car?
0: Bob. That was the hardest one you could come up with.
1: Uh, race car, <laughs> also a palindrome. I started easy. I I escalated. I elevated my palindrome game
0: i'm gonna do a quick non-related review to what we're talking about before we jump into our main topics okay time codes are listed down below if you want to jump around oh yeah so yeah if you haven't been here before this is what we do we talk about the news that we're gonna do uh sports reports weird comics facts a couple of reviews of television and comics alike Mm. and your
1: questions did you watch cocaine bear is that what you're reviewing
0: no i'm there's a new uh, Bob Odenkirk show out on AMC called Lucky Hank. Oh, okay. And I thought, hey, this was a great pairing before. Odenkirk is great. He was on AMC. They have had a successful long history working together. One episode of his new show is out.
1: I'm guessing that the way you set that up, you're disappointed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it blows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to give it one more. Like he's What he's bringing to it is totally fine, but it was just
1: boring and predictable and not funny how sad is it that as soon as you started to speak i understood exactly where you were going and your thoughts on the matter I yeah I, I don't have a lot to
0: say about it because i watched it and i was like wow that was uh i'll give it two episodes um i i did not particularly uh like the pilot episode we'll see i'll, I'll give it till i like odenkirk enough that i'll tr- try it for two but it was like Ew, boy this was not um a fun use of my time oh, okay which is always encouraging that's what you want to hear right
1: uh not particularly if you're the content creator yeah um yeah d- didn't particularly like lucky hank
0: but all right
1: that's enough of that with my quick lucky no. hank re- that was that was very quick
0: i don't have a lot to say on no. it
1: it just wasn't very uh, interesting speaking of interesting i've recently fallen into kind of a, a mini deep dive into a world i'd never set foot in before and i found myself ridiculously curious by it and shockingly curious by it what what are you talking about so, one of our mutual friends was in a show recently around here called She Kills Monsters. Mm-hmm. And it circles in, around Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. I had never really had an understanding of what Dungeons & Dragons is about. So, after the show, I'm like, usually after I watch something like that or, like, I'm introduced to something, I'll, like, do a little, like, curiosity check on it. I have now found myself a podcast and a half in on a show called Critical Role. Okay. Sorry, that was just my exasperated face.
0: Yes, um... I've, I've never listened to it but that thing is wildly popular that thing is huge i can understand why <laughs> yeah people love i've never i've never listened to it but yeah that is wildly popular yes
1: uh i'm listening to the vox machina campaign there's a show too about yes that. there's an animated there's, show yeah. i never thought that i would find interest in dungeons and dragons i kind of want to play one game just to see what it's have you ever played i did one
0: thing once for a couple of weeks and um it kind of fell apart partially because me and one other person just couldn't take it seriously and do the role-playing oh i was playing um like a one-legged dwarf but who had like insane sexual charisma but like also i was like hideously scarred and stuff and i was a plumber
1: i mean outside of the plumber how are you not being able to (laughs) role-play that pretty well
0: I do remember I got like some special extra points once for like distracting like a town square like explaining like prophylactics.
1: Now, did you <laughs> did you create this character or was this character given to you?
0: No, it was made up of I basically went with like what are the most contradictory things that I can combine into one thing.
1: So no, I I mean, I find myself kind like of I said, enter- it, it fell apart after about 5 sessions. I yes, I can see why with you your inability <laughs> to take it like moderately serious like i'm sorry you want me to
0: speak in a character voice Ugh. yeah that, that was a bridge too far for me well fair enough
1: i feel like we've maybe had this conversation before um, i don't know but because well, it's the only time i've done it so i don't have a lot of other experience to pull no. from well i mean there you go so that i mean that's kind of where i'm at with nerddom and pop culture is i'm starting to listen to a dungeons and dragons podcast
0: i'm sure you probably know people that do it i mean it's a popular game oh yeah
1: I've, i'm learning more and more that there are a lot of people who do it and like uh like joe Mang- uh, yeah. Manganiello. Yep. uh yep yeah he's huge in it yeah huge And i mean he's he like played...
0: a basement like designed for
1: it. yes he <laughs> played the flat he played flash in the spider-man movies the yep. sam Raimi spider-man movies and he's a huge um, man yes and dungeons <laughs> and dragons player the dude is jacked as all hell. I mean, I, I like listening to the podcast where it's kind of like theater of the mind. Granted, like there are things that happen during it, like they roll a die and I have no idea what it means. And they're like, you get like this, you know, modifier. I have no clue what that is. But I kind of enjoy the theater of the mind piece of it. Yeah, it's one of those. I
0: mean, if you listen to it enough, you'll pick up like some stuff just through osmosis. Yeah, like oh, this eventually will make
1: sense to me. Yes, that's. So I also am under of the understanding it's like 115 or 120 episodes, and each episode is like two and a half to four hours. That's yeah. a, that's a lot of.
0: Well, that's why I listen to every podcast on two times speed.
1: Well, that's still going to be a lot of. <laughs> yes. But I have a newfound respect for the high levels of creativity and storytelling. I had no idea. I had no idea what it was.
0: Yes. I, I think that's probably, I mean, from my basically non-existent knowledge, I think that's like the most popular Dungeons & Dragons thing out there that you found.
1: Well, oh, so. good for me. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, maybe now you'll go watch the Chris Pine movie. Highly unlikely. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have no interest at all. All right. Let's move on from there to the news.
1: Before we get started,
0: does anyone want to get out? It's time for the news. All right, let's start with the big news of the week. This is going to change what I was going to go see in theaters. So the Renfield movie is coming out. I was like, oh, that looks fun. I'll just catch it wh- and when it comes on streaming. That's fine. Like, I'll, you know, pay my rental or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited, but, you know, I'm not that excited. Yeah. Until today.
1: What happened today? Uh, it came
0: out that it's not just a standalone movie. It's certainly not kicking off a new franchise. I'm not doing, like, the Dark Universe stuff again. Okay. This is a direct sequel to the 1931 Dracula Oh. the exact same renfield like he's had this toxic relationship with dracula for 93 years
1: i feel like any relationship with dracula is going to be toxic he's a fucking blood sucking vampire but when the,
0: oh yeah by like in the director uh, chris mckay he was like yeah i don't know what like i was saying this should have been part of the marketing but yeah this is a direct sequel and i was like
1: <gasps> now you're going to like go to theaters oh, and see yeah. it oh <laughs> yeah early as early as possible midnight showing <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited now wow good for you are you going to wear garlic around your neck and bring a wooden steak? No, I don't okay. dress up for movies. Oh, well, no, it's just common vampire etiquette. Plus, this you probably will... don't want to like walk around having onions hanging off of you. This will also will make it uh, the furthest in between sequels ever. Mm. Are you going to bring some silver bullets? Wait, that's, that's a werewolf. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Would a silver bullet have an impact on a vampire? Do we know? No. It doesn't? No. Okay. I,
0: I guess it depends on your lore.
1: What if you shoot like a wooden bullet? Does that still count?
0: I think if you blow anyone's head off, it will probably do the job.
1: Okay. Well, what about like... Uh, well, I know if you behead a vampire, because in an interview with the vampire, like he cuts their heads yeah, off. Yeah, that's one way. Because um, you can bury the, a vampire alive and it will not die. It'll just like... These are also fictional characters. You can make up the rules. That's a good... That's also a, a fantastic point. I just always have found it weird that a vampire can be taken down by a splinter so yeah there was granted splinters suck i hate getting splinters so do you want to take a stab at
0: what the previous record holder is for longest movie in between sequels because this is gonna blow it
1: out of the water between 1931 and 2023 so you're not gonna get it no but like some initial guesses would be like avatar that was over 20 years it wasn't 20 years it was like 12 oh um matrix like 15 years that's not very long depends on how you like view it's bambi and bambi 2 it was 65 years bambi's revenge yeah (laughs) i don't think i don't think it's the same bambi after 65 years i'm pretty sure that's a a direct sequel yeah but like the a a deer doesn't live for 65 years do they do you know anything about the anatomy or the uh, the life
0: you know i don't think he was pulling out a cell phone is bambi a boy yes because he was the
1: prince of the forest i don't i haven't seen that movie in so long he had he had antlers at the end
0: i don't remember the end i remember the beginning the beginning is trump- is traumatizing. Anything after like the first 10 minutes, blank slate, I don't remember.
1: Oh. well, I mean, you know, his mom dies. His dad, the king of the forest comes and hangs out with him. The hunter comes back. Everyone wants, in the spring, all the animals are horny. Yeah. I remember there was a rabbit named Thumper. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. We- I don't want to talk about Bambi anymore. That's about the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was
0: Dracula time. I'm so excited now. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, a direct sequel to that movie. And there were, uh, the-, the old Universal monster movies were very loosely interconnected like no one cared about continuity back then or even like had a concept of like what that meant because you could go see a movie once you'd never see it again Because mm. it's not like it's it might get re-released but it's not like it's you know coming to home video
1: but dracula dead and loving it wasn't a direct sequel no oh, okay But I
0: mean, dracula's daughter was I mean, there was um son of dracula house of dracula am i missing one how are those not direct
1: sequels to the dracula movie
0: because none of them had uh legosi in it this one doesn't have bella legosi well in it. it's gonna have the same dracula and I mean, there was was it House of Frankenstein that had it had a Dracula in it, but it was a very different guy, and he he was in it for like five minutes, and then he got killed again.
1: Poor Dracula, yeah, sucks to suck.
0: But yeah, I'm very excited oh, about come this on. now. It was funny. Let's hit a uh, little bit of sad news, which I'm sure everyone has seen at this point. Lance Reddick has passed away at the age of sixty from natural causes. Uh, he was in The Wire in Fringe he was in all the John Wick movies mm-hmm. and a bunch of comedy stuff. I'm like, that dude was funny because yeah. he, he just has like such a commanding voice. So if he did something rid- like insane and ridiculous, it just it came off hilarious by him just playing it like straight or like way too over the top. I mean, he was mm. he's one of those guys where you show up. and like, ooh, like he just has gravitas and he's great at what he does. But I mean, he was literally just doing press for John Wick Four a couple of days ago. It's weird. I mean, you never know. Died of natural causes. Don't really know what that means. Don't really need to know. But no. Yeah, just very sad and very young and very unexpected for a guy who's like literally doing press rounds. Like, yeah, in the like, middle of. And, you know, for. He looked healthy, like just physically and also like just doing his rounds of press. Like, no one ever would have had any idea
1: that. Do you something think was it's, wrong. it's too late in the process for them to like be able to mod- like edit the end of the credits on the film to like put a like a memory of for him up there?
0: Um, I bet they s- still can. Usually, uh, the way movies work is. Um, once you find out the rating of a movie,
1: mm-hmm. the movie is locked. Yeah.
0: Like, they can't change anything after that. So, whenever you see, like, like I know right now, like, we know Indiana Jones this is going to be PG-13. They can't touch it now. Yeah. It's done. But,
1: I mean, something like that doesn't affect the
0: movie. So, I imagine you would be able to add that in without any fuss.
1: Because, it's, I mean, everything's digital, right? Like, it comes on, like, yeah, I mean, computer you, hard drives.
0: Yeah. I imagine that they can stick something at the end of the credits. Yeah. But it, the movie just had its premiere. And, I mean, since least everything's done digitally now, it's not like they're shipping out reels. That's a good point. So, yeah. I, I imagine, but I don't know. But yeah, very sad news at uh, the age of 60. Different sad news, depending on who you are.
1: Perspective is
0: a lot. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Okay. They're not having the best time. Oh, no. That movie that we didn't go see this weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember that <laughs> that happened over the weekend. I really didn't hear about much of it afterwards. Uh, the
0: reviews are mixed like right about 50-50 and it's Ooh. it's supposed to be a family movie and but here's where it uh, gets bad so this thing is a bomb oh boy the original shazam opened up to 53.5 million dollars this one opened up to 30.5 That's a 23 million dollar difference for your opening weekend that's not good that's a 43 percent drop that's a lot of drop yeah and it's just getting beat up online <laughs> how bad Eh, bad enough and uh, zachary levi has come out he's like look it's unfortunate and there's been some blame passed around to a few different things like is it snyder fans who are like cheering that like oh like this isn't working because it's not part of the snyder verse and not like Zack snyder's direction and but i mean that's some of it uh there's some blame being put on the rock for like his weird like i'm not going to be in these movies and you're not going to be in my movie there was a new report that came uh, out this week that was just like yeah this is partially on him which at this point like stop beating that dead horse black adam was terrible it did terrible and we will never see it ever
1: again i yeah you know what you've seen it one more time than i will yeah oh god avoid it all costs what a piece of crap i mean you know friend of the show dwayne johnson sorry dwayne but they can't all be winners can't be worse than the scorpion king and then uh did you ever see the scorpion king i think so when it came out uh i don't think i did i'm I I
0: am ninety five percent sure I did. I definitely didn't see any of the direct to video sequels
1: because there's like eight of those. Remember the time he got a an Egyptian tattoo on his arm? No, he, he did. Uh, what else was it? Like The Rock is not. He's had some hits, but he's also had some misses. I think he's Race to Witch Mountain. He's mostly had misses. Someone,
0: this isn't an original thought of mine. It's like he's ne, like never really like. Led a good movie, and I was trying to think about Like, I haven't really liked anything he's ever done. He has an insane amount of charisma and a lot of star power, but everything I've seen of his, I'm like, this is just kind of generic and shitty. Pain he was good in pain and gain. Didn't pain say, and, no, so I, don't have I think you would enjoy
1: that. pain and gain. It's very ludicrous, but it's also you, you know
0: Ludicrous was in the Fast and the Furious movies. with him.
1: Oh, yeah, see, it all comes together mm. nice. Yeah, good job, hey. Uh,
0: the other thing that Zachary Levi was saying, and this is what I agree with, this is why we didn't go see the movie. I'm not like, well. Later this year, it's not going to be canon anymore when it gets reset. I don't think that really has anything to do with the box office. I just saw that trailer, and I went, this looks incredibly generic. Yeah. Like, it, the CG looked really boring and flat, and I just was... The marketing kill. Like, the first movie was a nice little surprise. Like, uh, we didn't see it in theaters. I rented it when it came out, and it was fun it wasn't like the greatest thing i've ever seen but it was totally worth the time and this one when that trailer came out i'm like this looks so boring and it's also been like three years so i don't like there was no like hype because maybe that's a COVID thing it's like there was just so much time in between movies i was like i don't really care at this point either
1: either that or like it to me it had the feel of like well we've committed to this movie but during the making of this movie there was a huge tone and direction shift so let's just kind of go through the motions and get this thing done
0: yeah i've the marketing is what definitely what drew me away. Like I, I just couldn't get excited for this movie. I'm like, I don't want to see it. Like I'll see it when it's out for free or not, for, you know, on HBO Max. I'll, yeah. I'll probably watch. This. If I watched Black Adam, I'll watch this. It's a good point. <laughs> Fool me once, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me this time. We'll see. I, I don't know, but the movie is uh, doing terrible. Noted. And we'll see what comes up of um, the last couple of. DC movies before the reset happens. I want to see Flash because basically Michael Keane.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um Aquaman I'm interested in. The first one was fun. This one I know had to be reworked a lot for a number of different reasons. So we'll see, but I'm still interested enough in Blue Beetle. There's literally nothing out there, so I'm neither excited or not because we just don't have anything. You're out. very ambivalent. And yeah, until I see something, I don't really have an opinion. If it looks good, great. And I like the kid they got playing blue beetle he's in cobra kai he's a lot of fun so like if it's you know this is going to come down to like does this look interesting Mm. and since these aren't
1: tax write-offs for me anymore (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'm gonna be a little pickier Uh, that's fair enough although i'm gonna go see air in a couple of weeks can't wait
1: that's gonna be a great movie i'm looking forward to that movie and there's another movie coming up that is kind of off the beaten path for us that i'm excited about and i can't remember what it is off the top of my head but air i'm looking forward to Star Wars news:
0: All the cancellations continue to happen. Oh no! Damon Lindelof is off
1: Star Wars. Lindel off. Lindel off is off.
0: I bolded it right there. Oh okay. wow! I can actually—that's the one word on your
1: shoot, on your uh, on your sheet that I can read. That's a pre-planned pun. Uh, good for you. I was like,
0: mm, this is worth. Writing of all down. the puns,
1: you, you make puns every week, and I'm glad you finally started to pre-plan some. I apparently what Iger was saying
0: is true. It's like, yeah, they're going to be more selective and treat Star Wars more as an event than a machine.
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is a license to print money. So do you want to print a lot of money at once or little bits of money over time? Because if you like are doing the printing with little bits of money over time, the returns might not be as big as if, like, we're going to make a big thing every three years that you're going to be like, holy shit, I need to go see this, as opposed to, oh, I missed it this week. It's not a big deal. Or oh, I'm not really, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... I think they're definitely feeling the sting of diminishing returns between um solo and
1: rise of Skywalker.
0: And depending on who you are, like how far like Rogue One or Last Jedi take you. True. Which, which
1: I like both of those movies. I still do. But I But it's almost similar to like they can kind of see and feel some of the Marvel fatigue that kind of kicked in when there was three seasons like three different shows going on at once and movies and like you 2023 like the end of 22 and a into lot of bitching about phase four <laughs> yes it's kind of been a nice you know breath of fresh air that it's really only been like a couple of movies and and not a weekly episodic tv show to follow at the same time was, i mean at one point we had what hawkeye moon knight and there was something else going on at the same time it felt like oh miss marvel like we had multiple shows going on at once yeah i remember that got buried because it came
0: out the same day as obi-wan
1: oh that's true yes there was one point where we were watching like four or five shows at once for the show. All my exciting news is apparently around uh, old
0: school monsters this week. Because uh. this has been in the works for years and it is finally happening at Netflix. Guillermo del Toro is finally going to get to do his adaptation of Frankenstein. Ooh. Which sounds perfect. That is just a match made in heaven with content and creator. My God. like You do love you some Guillermo. I do. And I mean, I obviously like the Frankenstein stuff. Is there a frankenstein down here there might
1: be uh there's a, Kong. There is a frankenstein yeah, is there a, look yeah, at back over here yeah i can't remember what i own anymore yeah you got a frankenstein you got a Warth with a bat left yeah you got it all <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all of it right there but his pinocchio movie that came out last year is phenomenal and he did that with netflix and i it's been said many times and by me as well like that a lot of netflix movies feel like generic and like, they're just kind of being pumped out. And they're never, like, they're never quite good enough. Mm-hmm. That that Pinocchio movie, incredible. Loved it. And it, they seem to be, Netflix does this sometimes where they'll just, like, latch on to um, a creator. Like, they did this, like, with Mike Flanagan, who's, you know, we'll bring him up later, who's now over at Amazon. But, like, they leaned hard into, like, you do what you want, we're just going to step back. And it seems like they're doing that with Del Toro. And I'm like, great. Just give him mm. money and space. He's really good at what he does. So let's see this. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino has announced his final movie. By the way, I don't believe him for a second. All okay, right, well, what what is his I mean he's been saying this for years. I'm only doing ten
1: movies. Is it Star Trek?
0: No. Oh. <laughs> um, and and Kill Bill only counts as one. Oh, fair well, enough. Well, you have a funny way of counting movies. Is it Machete
1: sir. Kills Again in Space? Has he been tapped to direct that for or, Robert Rodriguez?
0: Or what was that? One was like four rooms or something that you did like a segment of. I guess that one doesn't count either. Oh, okay. Um, is it I pulp thought that fiction Uh no, this is going to be called or the Sp- this is the assumed title. It might not be called this, uh, the movie critic mm. and the other assumption, this is not fully confirmed that it is going to be about going back to the seventies. Cause you know, imagine that Tarantino celebrating Hollywood from yesteryear. Mm. Hard to imagine. I know, but it's supposedly going to be centered on film critic, Pauline Kale. And I heard that I was like, yes, college education paying off. <laughs> Cause I remember like going over a lot of her stuff as just a, a revolutionary film critic from the seventies. Uh. I mean, go for it. it sounds it sounds very tarantino it does at least like with this part of his career a period piece yeah just you know celebrating yesteryear of hollywood and yeah we've we've done that i mean he's he goes through these phases like there's that period in time like i mean once upon a time in hollywood also kind of falls under this like his revisionist history mm. he's like you know what let's kill hitler i mean yeah why not you know what sharon tate didn't die instead they got burned with a flamethrower oops so, yeah, I mean this makes sense. I think with kind of Tarantino's oeuvre, and if this is his last movie, again, don't believe him for a second. But him doing something about movies feels right in line with him. Yeah. Oh, here's a fun quote. I had to. Oh yeah, screenshot did. this one. Oh, a screenshotted quote. It wasn't even screenshotted. I took a picture of my laptop. <laughs> it's just oh, a picture of my, my laptop. lord. It's um, a long quote. I I couldn't find a way to make it shorter. <laughs> Oh, okay. So Ben Affleck uh, has opened up a little bit about his experience working on Justice League with Joss Whedon. Positive. He has positive things to say. Does spend. he really? No. All right, I'm just going to read this quote. This is <laughs> this is a wild quote. I was going to direct a Batman, and Justice League made me go, I'm out. I never want to do any of this again. I'm not suited. That was the worst experience I've ever seen in a business, which is full of some shitty experiences. It broke my heart. There's an idea of someone, Joss Whedon, come in like, I'll rescue you and we'll do 60 days of shooting. And I'll write a whole thing around what you have. I've got the secret. And it wasn't the secret. It was hard. And I started to drink too much. And I was back at a hotel in London. It was either that or jump out of the window. And I just thought, this isn't the life I want. My kids aren't here. I'm miserable. Oh, wow. That's a lot. That
1: is, yeah. not Not
0: mincing words there. No, that's pretty straightforward. So, yeah. Um <laughs> everyone hated that movie everyone hated being there everyone hated working on it
1: so you're saying nobody had fun
0: oh god i mean that movie is the straw that broke the camel's back and like just the joss Whedon and floodgates just kind of oh just things got opened up after that and uh no one really says anything nice anymore i guess and not. Being, and
1: i think understandably so i mean he seems like a terrible human yeah uh yeah ben affleck had not didn't have a great time on justice league apparently is that what led ben affleck to drink do you think
0: I remember when we first reviewed that movie. I'm like, I think I said, I think he's been drinking because I remember there's like a couple of scenes where it's like it would have made sense for like where he would have been like to be shirtless, I and mean, he was just always wearing stuff like mm. body pads. Like it's like he, I remember he was drinking like in the movie, and I
1: was like, I think he's drinking in real life. It turns out he was. Hey, you know what? Don't blame him. You got to do what you got to do to survive. I mean, he's sober now. Yeah, which also good for him. Proud of him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's why Ben Affleck's not doing a Batman movie. That's fair. Which is, I mean, he's a talented guy, but... He got turned off to Batman by Joss Whedon. Understandable. Well, well. Uh, This is a quickie because we already talked about the uh, speculation. It turns out it's true. James Gunn is
1: directing Superman. Yes, I saw your tweet that followed up on it like the next day after we recorded the show. Yeah. So we could say we broke it on the show. No. Uh, It was was Tom King who accidentally leaked it. Well... Tom King will never speak of him again. Tom King is not going to be allowed to go on... i think it's guys named tom like tom king tom holland oh look tom king right there yeah the guy who wrote the book we're talking <laughs> yes i was so. like that name does seem familiar and now i understand <laughs> we'll never speak him up again for about 10 minutes yeah well you know
0: and last bit of news there was um a little bit of an update around the dark tower from mike flanagan and he basically said it's been a little bit of a hard show to sell it doesn't sound like it's sold anywhere like he has the rights but like he's like i'm working in an amazon like and like we don't even know like if it's gonna happen here because the movie was so bad and just poisoned the well so terribly. And also Amazon was going to do a different Dark Tower show. So they produced like a multi-million dollar pilot, like completely shot it, and then scrapped the entire thing. It's like the earth has been salted like over the Dark Tower in the That's last few years. That's some straight up
1: General Sherman wrapping railroad tracks around trees kind of shit
0: i still think it's gonna happen i just don't see a world where it doesn't because he's definitely the right guy to do it but yeah i can imagine like people being like we've already spent million we've lost millions on this already and all we've seen that this is a property that loses you millions of dollars maybe why would we want to invest in it maybe
1: that's the curse of the the uh the dark tower you know what would be really cool a podcast about the dark tower in which you could discuss that oh wait you can Mm. on pods of the dark tower we'll talk more about that later on episode two out now Uh, see and you can get that on patreon like that—that's double exclusively for a while. That's double promoting the show. Yeah, I thought, why not?
0: I got to talk about Whedon and the Dark Tower. Let's do all the things, all the yeah. sore spots.
1: Yeah. Do you have anything positive to share? Like the James Gunn news was nice. I guess that is nice. The yes. Del Toro news was nice. That's also nice.
0: That Renfield news.
1: Renfield. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. There <laughs> that's you go. What I'm
0: excited about. All right, we're gonna move on from there to weird comics facts.
1: Here are some
0: weird comic facts. Prepare accordingly. I'm going to make some weird shit. It's pretty freaky, but it's safe. Weird comics facts. And by weird comics facts, I mean weird TV facts. Okay. We're talking Picard this week, so hey, let's do a Star Trek one. I like it. James Duhan. Yes, Scotty. Yep. Do you know uh, what his nationality was? Uh, well, Scotty was supposed to be Scottish i'm not talking about the character james duhan was he english canadian oh yeah that's right he was a canadian apparently he could do a bunch of different accents and for scotty they went scottish but here's what's interesting about james duhan i always think this is insane mm-hmm. he was in world war ii and he was there on d-day wow and he was shot uh, quite a few times unfortunately by friendly fire
1: oh well i think getting shot period is un-
0: unfun yeah he was shot six different times four in his leg one in his chest, which, by the way, was stopped by a cigarette case. You know? Instead of getting shot in the heart, a cigarette case stopped it. Smoking saves, kids. That's the point here. Smoking yeah, okay, saves fair, lives. Fair, I guess you could say that. But he also got one through his middle finger, which blew it off. Clear. I mean, a bullet through your finger. That's not going to, yeah, that's so, not tenable. So when you watch him in Star Trek, he's always hiding one of his hands. What? So you don't actually, like, wow. you, you can see it in a couple of shots, but like for his entire acting career, he's always hiding one of his hands, so you don't see that he's missing an entire finger. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my James Stewhan facts. The dude fought in World War Two, and if you like look into his military record, which by the way is just me on Wikipedia, like the dude did a lot. And he he was did there a in ton, World yeah. War Two, yeah. But yeah, I always, whenever I'm watching Star Trek, I'm always watching his hands just to see what he's doing, because he's always just trying to hide it. You see it occasionally, but it's mostly pretty well hidden if you weren't looking for it you'd probably miss it well that's
1: that's incredible that's like did you know that bob ross the painter was missing part of his finger no i guess not there there you go see i got weird facts too jimmy stewart was a pilot in world war ii just naming people now okay mr smith went to washington
0: yeah clarence that was the worst impression i've ever
1: heard that's not true (laughs) that was awful all
0: right that was uh weird comics facts so from d-day to
1: uh, or you could say from losing your finger to maybe somebody giving the middle finger to the fan base. Sure. You know where I'm going with that, don't you? It's Kyrie. No, it's not. Dylan Brooks. hitting a little closer to home. We'll talk about it in Jared's Sports Reports.
0: Okay. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. Bear tested. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line.
1: It's time for another Jared's Sports Report. Uh, we'll say that we're going to bury the lead. We'll talk about NFL free. Well, you also have got World Baseball Classic. United States is in the finals or close to the finals. Woo! Why do you keep waving at me? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, right I'm waving, here. I'm waving excitedly. I'm, not, I'm gesticulating. That's,
0: that's Okay, Four. that's enough waves. That's four waves well, in the last 30 seconds. I can't
1: gesticulate. You don't need to... Wave at me. I'm right here. I'm wave, not, maybe it's not at you. Maybe I'm just waving. You're looking in general. at me and waving. I can look at you and wave, and doesn't mean the wave is intended for you.
0: Hey, this isn't intended for you either. Oh, there it's you t- go. Nice. Yeah, hey, yeah.
1: yeah, you're giving me the James Duan. Is that what we're going to call that now? It's the opposite. We're going yeah, to have the, a finger. The beam me up, Scotty. Is that what we're going to call it? But no, this isn't. I'm just, it's just pointed at you. Oh, well. See, and I'm looking at you, but it's not for you. You're obviously, it's not for you. You're, <laughs> you're obviously directing it at me. There's a difference between I'm excited. I'm like, woo! <laughs> Woo. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm your number one podcast co-host. Thank you for expressing that to me. Number one. Number one. NFL free agency. Patriots have made some moves, some gains, and some losses. The big gain, jo- uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, they signed him from the Chiefs. Still working on a potential deal for DeAndre Hopkins from the Cardinals. Sounds like the Patriots are kind of one of the shortlist teams. Hopkins saying that he just wants to go to a place where he could possibly win. Uh, Aaron Rodgers so not the Patriots well if the money's right uh, they can move the cap stuff around he's gonna have to make some they have to make some adjustments to his contract Damian Harris is gone as is Jacoby Myers they've both left ironically Jacoby Myers sent a three-year 33 million dollar deal to play in Oakland the Patriots then after he left signed a three-year 30 million dollar deal with Juju Smith-Schuster so pretty much they're saying that they didn't think that Jacoby Myers was worth Jacoby Myers' money. What Juju Smith-Schuster was. There you go. So you've got that going on as well. Uh, Man emerges from cave. I don't remember what
0: if that was this week or last week. Uh, oh, Aaron Rodgers. Darkness retreat. Yeah,
1: he said his intentions are to play for the New York Jets we'll see how that all pans out but it pretty much all but said that he was going there but on the pat mcafee show he's like this is an announcement day but my intentions are to do this it's like sounds a lot like an announcement to me also you don't really have any control over that he does and he doesn't i mean he has a no trade clause in his contract so he can like leverage where he wants to go i mean he should also go he's been awful and he's eating up way too much
0: <laughs> Of the money they have to spend,
1: yes, just on his contract, get him out of there. I mean, the AFC East has a chance to be the most exciting division in football. So Damien Harris gone; he's gone to the Buffalo Bills. So one of the Patriots' top running backs, they signed um, a couple other players. Red Sox are Red Soxing, Celtics are Celticking, which I'm gonna that's gonna come around to uh, the, the story <laughs> doing five hundred. Woo! Yes, and you've got the Bruins continuing to play pretty well. But the big news out of Celtics world: Jalen Brown. With some real interesting comments uh, into the ringer. Uh, one of the comments or questions was, do you want to stay in Boston? Quote, I don't know. As long as I'm needed, it's not up to me. We'll see how they feel about me over time, and I feel about them over time. Hopefully, whatever it is, it makes sense. Well, I'll, I will stay here. I'll stay where I'm wanted, and I will stay where I'm needed and treated correctly. Well, he also shits on the fans, some of the fans, not all the fans, but some of them.
0: I mean, the way his things would work for him, if he makes All-NBA this year— the Celtics can offer him the most money.
1: Yes, the max extension. Yeah,
0: so if that happens, I imagine he will um, definitely stay. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, He has to make All-NBA, which he has a fighting chance to make.
1: Yes, I think he really does. But a couple other interesting comments, very candid about the fans in Boston. It's not the whole Celtic fan base, but it's part of the fan base that exists within Celtic Nation that is problematic. If you have a bad game, they tie it into your personal character. I definitely think there's a group or an amount within Celtic Nation that is extremely toxic and does not want to see athletes use their platform or they just want you to go play basketball and entertain you and go home, and that's a problem to me.
0: I mean, that's in literally every fan base. Every fan base for every single thing sucks. You all suck because there's always a contingent of someone. Yeah, you do get this, like, shut up. Like, I love the people. It's like, shut up and just, like, act or shut up and play basketball. It's like, like, we don't need to listen to you, like, in – you random Twitter egg, you think your opinion has more value? Like you're more well informed? Like shut the fuck up. Yeah, that goes out to every fan base of every kind.
1: So it'll be interesting. I mean, no player has ever turned down a max, um, a super max extension or a super max contract, and which he would be eligible to get. So it'll be interesting okay. to see. But there may be a little trouble brewing in paradise with Jalen Brown and the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, and he's also been relatively open over the last few days about his positive relationship with Kyrie Irving
0: it's it didn't used to be once he left when they were there they hated each other that's fair yeah there's always been um dumb rumors around like what's Jalen doing blah blah blah. i'm also sure he's sick of hearing that news but we'll also see like what the next month brings or month and a half but yeah i mean that's gonna come up you know the end of anyone's contract it's always gonna be there i mean he was also just um talking with uh kg and paul pierce this week which is all very positive stuff, just being like you guys set the template for like what we need to do and what we want to do and how we want to be. Yes. And he's also he's having a pretty incredible season right now, especially like the last like two months. He's like Tatum's been like I'm not gonna say like Tatum's a bad basketball player now, but like he hasn't he hasn't been ascending. It's kinda of like he's been dropping down from the mean and Jalen's like,
1: Well, if you're not doing it, I guess I am and he's been great. There you go uh march madness underway first full weekend of games some interesting upsets including the second time ever and really people are saying it's the biggest because it was a plan 16 seed that was able to get in in farley dickinson university who wouldn't even have been tournament eligible had it not been for the fact that the winner of their conference merrimack is not tournament eligible because they just came up from division two and they have a a probationary period that they have to live through. So they beat number one in their region, Purdue, one of the, the largest upset. They almost beat Florida um, Atlantic. I think it was that would have put them in the sweet 16 being the first 16 seed to ever get there. Didn't make it, but they really made quite a few headlines and, and rocked a lot of boats and torched a lot of brackets my favorite statistic, do you know how how difficult it is to create a perfect bracket? It's something insane. One in 9.2 quintillion mm. possibilities. So you have a one in 9.2 quintillion chance of making a perfect bracket. You have a better chance of winning Powerball by a lot. Yeah, Duke got upset like immediately. Uh, in the second round, in the round well, of 32, but still. Princeton upset a couple of teams. Princeton, yeah. <laughs> that's the surprise. Ivy League, yeah, Ivy League team in the Sweet 16, that's a big... Big-time surprise. Also out of that, that Farley Dickinson win, uh, well, a couple different things. First of all, um, head coaching job opened up at Iona, and that was taken up by Tobin Anderson, who was the former coach. I think he was there less than a year at Farley Dickinson, so he just got a, a long-term deal. Uh, Rick Petina was also jumping ship. Oh God, um, Rick Pitino. To a new Yeah, all the negativity in this town really sucks. <laughs> One time Celtics... Larry Bird is
0: not walking through yeah. that door. Kevin McHale is not walking through Robert
1: that door. Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. That's oh, all man. the same press conference. We got guys that work hard, that play hard, and put out a good product and try and get better every day.
0: Ooh, Rick Patino.
1: Yeah, Rick Patino. And then remember, they tanked and it meant nothing. It tanked, meant nothing, because that was in the good old days of the draft lottery, so... Yeah. Plus, you also... What uh, else was there? S- oh, yeah, his... Sorry, Rick Pitino. Just. His extramarital affairs probably also in there, but... Uh, yeah, so new coach of Iona. Not that anyone really gives a shit about the Iona Gales here. That was in our podcast. Maybe there's some Iona Gales super fans on our show. We don't know that, but March Madness going on. So you've got the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight coming up this weekend. uh And by the end of next weekend, we'll know who the Final Four is. Yeah, that's always fun to watch. Yeah, I I love March Madness, and it certainly lived up. It was funny because watching Day 2, uh one of the things that everyone was saying is, Well, there isn't really, you know, all the excitement happened yesterday. Not a lot happened today. And then Farley Dickens like, oh, hold my beer and watch this on Saturday. And they certainly did. Trying to think if there's any other interesting or exciting sports news off the top of my head. Oh, the owners of the NFL and Roger Goodell are close to finalizing a long-term multi-year deal to continue to be the commissioner of the NFL. And that's about it. Cool. There you go. All right. That's enough of that. Yep. Time to talk about other things. Holy shit, we still got a lot of show to go.
0: There is a lot of show to go. All right, moving on from there to screaming. at streaming. So you're saying the universe created a sitcom starring two Avengers? Nope, we're screaming at streaming. So let's not waste another minute.
1: Settle in, sharpen your pencils, and check this out. Well, let's start positive. Oh, that was such a great episode of Picard. <laughs> and we'll get to Mandalorian shortly. Oh, you mean the episode that I actually, for the first time ever during Mandalorian, fell asleep in? Yeah, yeah, Picard episode five. Oh, it's classic. Like you said, avoid spoilers. Okay, you're gonna get spoilers now, but like it was classic. Next generation. This show continues to deliver and hit on all cylinders. I love, I love the fact that we've got the changelings. We don't know who's like. There's somebody's gonna be. Is
0: Janeway a changeling? They kind of hint at it.
1: Oh, maybe a little bit. There's Janeway. Is um. Is Shaw a changeling? Could be. Could be. It'd be. It'd certainly be a, a twist. Oh, so much happened in this but episode. No,
0: no. I'm. I'm going to give that one a flat out no. Unless they find a way to retcon it, but there's that he wanted to help them open up uh, the nacelles, because then they just the changelings could have gotten Jack.
1: That's true, but he also needed to, the ship needed to get out of the gravity well.
0: Maybe I don't. know. We'll see. But no. Oh, what a great show. I also like, uh, I had the question last week of like, how are they going to keep being on the Titan? I'm like, oh, the answer is run away. Yeah, it's
1: pretty <laughs> that's, straightforward. That's how. Run away. Oh, I, I'm trying to think of what, actually, I know exactly what my favorite part of this, this episode was. We finally, finally, after all these years, got closure to the Rolaren storyline. When she showed up, my immediate, I grabbed my phone and texted you, I think it was Roe fucking Laren, yeah. question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Yeah, I wasn't expecting
0: her to pop up. That was a fun little surprise. Because, yeah, a... sh- she did leave to go to the Maquis. She left to go be a terrorist for yeah. a
1: while. And somehow she keeps finding her way back. Starfleet almost gives people too much leash sometimes. <laughs> think about all the times that people in Starfleet- It was like the second to last episode, too. That was, yes, it was. Um, Preemptive Strike was the end of the episode. One of my favorite episodes- I do like her. It really was the final episode because I look at all good things as kind of like more of a TV movie than it was like the final episode. Like, yeah, it's that's what finales are. Yeah, but to me, uh, I mean, I get it. But like the last regular episode of the show, it was so good. I do like. uh, There's a lot of good episodes in season season seven. Half of them are about finding the
0: long lost family members showing up. That's half of season seven. It's Mm. weird when you start being like, huh? It's literally every other episode.
1: Well, also season five after all the Borg stuff, too. I do, like, uh,
0: her heart-to-heart with Picard and, like, both of them being like, you broke my heart, you broke my heart. And I just wanted them to stop and be like, remember that time we were turned into babies? Mm, true. Because <laughs> that was a weird thing that happened. We were children. But what a what a great way. So was Guinan. She was there, too. We were all just
1: kids. Mm. I think the one thing... I just wanted them to mention it. They didn't. It's too serious for that. I always felt like Roe was such a great foil to Picard in there were parts of her that he wishes he could be or could do i like, like
0: the twist of the earring that was fun that was that was great a, that was a good little
1: oh putting all of the secret
0: information like in her earring that like, yes. she that was like meant so much to her like and clearly like we saw that with um her i think probably first appearance
1: it was her first appearance she wasn't allowed to wear her earring and yeah. then one of the conditions for her staying again because it was like a rehabilitation thing like you know, you you know you have a reputation in Starfleet when you're just an ensign, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're bringing ensign Rolarin on the ship," and Riker's like, "The fuck we are." <laughs> it's like you know, like well, then he also he brought he docked his ship in her spaceport one time. Great, that was what, what was the name of it? It was the episode where that alien species like brainwashed them or wiped their memories about who they were, and then like tried to destroy another species. Which seemed to happen a lot. The other thing I I liked about this though is like the way that they were able to pull on those heartstrings and you wondered for a moment was she a changeling with not oh, wearing yeah. her earring and then the way that her and Picard had their cathartic moment in the 10 forward bar again on the holodeck. Yeah, that place is getting some use. Yes it is. We I built mean, that set. We're going to use it. <laughs> damn right we are. I just I loved everything about that sequence. And that that's not even there was so much else that happened. Worf! I thought Worf was dead. But then I oh. remembered Klingon Anatomy is different. Well, also. Today good. is a good day to die. <sighs> yeah, that was a fun callback. Yes, it was. Unlike another
0: callback. It's a trap. Yeah, what's. Uh, yeah, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a bad one. God, I really hated that moment. We'll get there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I did love Worf for this. He's. I got way back. I know I was kind of questioning like, what are they doing here? But I got fully back on board in this one. <laughs> I was like, all right, there he is. I love him. Yep. I think that. Oh, I love that there's a hollow emitter and all that good stuff. Oh, that was great. I love the... And he's going to be on the ship next episode, and Jordy's going to be
1: there. Yes. Oh. Finally. I, I love the... I am losing a... I have lost a lot of blood. <laughs> he's like... I am uh, bleeding profusely. What? I don't have time for this. Yeah. Like, I'm not dead, but I'm not great. You did stab me. Yeah. But what... I mean, what a precision stab to, like, stab him in the Like, obviously, he got stabbed hard, but, like, not a critical area. But those redundant Klingon body systems coming into play again. <laughs> yes. They're back, baby. Yes. He's just like, I love the Zen Worf. Like, Zen Worf is fantastic.
0: I know he was just, like, on a screen, but I got so excited. I'm like, look, they're all talking. Mm. They're just talking together. He's on a screen, but hey, I'll take
1: it. Yeah. But the fact that he also knew the whole time, that that was such a nice little twist and tie-up of a loose end that his handler... From Starfleet Intelligence was Ro Laren. Yeah, I didn't and like I the, didn't see that coming. That was is, fun. Where is Commander Laren? Oh, yeah. About that, she dead. She blew up. Yeah, she kamikaze'd into the ship, and they made that sh- like it was just the lighting and like the angle, like it was how it was kind oh, of yeah. like
0: tilted like down, like there was just it. It looked menacing. I loved the way they oh. uh, made that ship look.
1: That was so cool. Yes,
0: just having a good time. They
1: are. I mean, I love everything about. To me, this is the strongest season. It's not from the nostalgia standpoint. I love the story. I love the overarching there's a there's a menace and we we can't identify who it is. There's real stakes to this. Like don't get me wrong, season one with all the Borg stuff and the Borg Cube and, and whatnot, that was entertaining. I loved the Q stuff and going back in time, but this, to me, this is like, this is next generation. This is the shit. I still got confused why Picard was like, let's hug it out, Q. I'm like, you
0: hate this guy. Yeah, he <laughs> fucking <laughs> tormented you for 20 years. Why are you hugging him? Like, oh, the- Q,
1: you're dying good. Oh, and then Captain Shaw continues to be, I love I love the whole sequence in the turbo lift when he's bringing him down to be taken away, and he's just like, I'm, I'm gonna just- rattle off a bunch of dumb things you yeah. guys did, mostly from the movies. Yeah, uh, it's like the time that you tried to, <laughs> To get some nookie from a Baku, and <laughs> yeah, he's
0: like, "You broke the time direct directive direct- to get laid."
1: Yeah, <laughs> there was that. There was the time that you hot you hot dip the saucer section of the Enterprise D onto a planet. Oh, and the time you almost wiped out all of existence by creating an anomaly in the Devron system.
0: I I love. Like, he's just humming along.
1: He, he's just so excited that they're going to get in trouble. He's yeah. like. Oh, man, I got to keep doing shit with you guys. (laughs) This blows. I I loved his, when it comes to saving the galaxy, you guys have a real chicken and egg thing going on. (laughs) I was like, he, as much as I love the the legacy characters, he might be my new favorite addition. Oh, yeah, he's great. Like, I loved Rios. I thought Rios was a great character, but Shaw has been a great replacement for that Rios character. Yeah, just
0: shows need that a lot of times. Of Like, you just need that one character to sit there and go, you're all idiots or we're going to die.
1: Yeah. But the best part about it is what this show does is like these are like genuine heroes, but it shows like an alternative view. Like not everybody loves these guys, even though they're like supposed to be huge legacy hero characters in this universe. This guy's like, you guys are bumbling idiots. (laughs) You know what I do? I do things by the book. Yeah. You know what happened when you showed up? things went bad yeah my ship got destroyed (laughs) i broke my leg i bled a lot (laughs) my head was cracked open yeah i had to give the command of the ship over to somebody else and you almost got us all killed yeah i'm just having a good old time with this it's fun it's fun so
0: much fun i know i look forward to it every week like so much like other stuff like i'll I'll watch it's like oh this is fun or in some cases mandalorian i'm like oh god um, so yeah but, yeah i am still greatly enjoying this and i'm the showrunner uh terry metallis he was just like after that episode up he was throwing up all these photos for stuff happening next oh. week and i was like "Fuck yes i've been so excited to see all of it
1: the show continues to hit on all cylinders it is an absolute joy and celebration i don't
0: know if we're gonna get Deanna out there yet but wharf is a guarantee and i think jordy is happening and i only say that because of um will wheaton's little extra show that he does where he interviews people yeah. and i know that his guest for this week is lavar burton like you wouldn't be talking to lavar burton if he wasn't on the episode exactly like it's time oh god yeah i'm so ready for that and that, i mean that's the biggie it's like it's gonna be nice to get lore back and brent spiner in there but it's like data story is done yeah also let's not forget moriarty i know he's another one like i'm excited to see him back but I want to see all of the cast members that are still alive, like, in the same room. What? By, I mean, like, the characters, not the actual mm. actors, because I don't think anyone's dead yet who was major. What
1: I genuinely hope doesn't happen is that this is all some sort of holodeck.
0: No, it's not. They but did that Moriarty, already. In Moriarty
1: lives in this, like, how are you going to get Moriarty out of his little cube? They literally already had a hollow emitter this season. That's a good point. All right, you win.
0: They've already brought that technology back. It's right there. Raffy had one.
1: That's a good point. She did.
0: And it's been, what, 30 years since Voyager and the Doctor had that? I imagine they've improved the
1: technology in the last 30 years. All right, fine. You've got me to lift my suspension of disbelief or in further entrench it, I think is the better thing I'm wanting to say. But yeah, I'm loving it. Have we come up with a full nickname for the Wharf Raffi connection? No. Is it- no,
0: you said this already and I rejected
1: it. I like Wharfy. I think hate- Wharfy's great. I hate everything. Because Rorf is just not working for me. A Rorf? Uh, no. Warfie. I'm all about Team Warfie. Show still rocks. Moving on to The Mandalorian. Season three, episode three. Mando! A minute. So, this was very much like a walk and talk episode of The West Wing.
0: I. It's very much like Andor, and I don't mean that in a positive way. For a show that I quite liked. What also really bugged the shit out of me with this episode is it started strong like because i haven't really loved the first two episodes and this one where they start off with like all the tie bombers coming in oh yeah and it's just the odds stacked against them they got to get out of there but they like got to be strategic those first like 10 minutes or however long it was i was like i am in this Mm -hmm. this is like i was so excited for those like first couple of minutes and then it just got brought to a grinding halt. i don't care about this rehabilitation program i don't care about this character like, isn't he
1: the same character that was supposed to be the one that was supposed to dissect rogu yeah yeah exactly yeah, but so was i was like mean, oh remember this guy from the first season yeah we're gonna bring him back and then we're gonna fuck him up and maybe like i'm sure
0: that his i hope his story plays into something later on because otherwise this feels like a big waste of time but it just it started with so much like action and just i was into it and then it was just like handbrake
1: yeah <laughs> like, hang and on then, and now we're gonna get a tourist video of the finer points of coruscant look at this rock the high point of Coruscant. Oh, he likes a biscuit? Yeah.
0: Thank God. Yes. Like I I was bored by the whole thing. And then like when they got to the end and like I was just like I was so excited about like the Star Trek references because they felt natural in this guy looking at whatever the squid people are called, I can't remember. And him just yeah. going, It's a trap, cutting to the squid whatever the fuck they're called. And him
1: just kind of like tilting his head, like, "Huh?" It's like, "Yeah." Oh God, I hated oh, that moment. We've we've used this technology many times. Rehabilitation is hard. It's a trap. No, this, that was it was dumb and forced. There's only one person who can say that, and his name is Admiral Akbar, and he's dead now. I would think so. I think did he die in something? I don't remember. Uh, well, I mean, he's a fish man. <laughs>
0: yeah. he's, he but lives on in our hearts. That really was just oh my god like it was already an episode i wasn't enjoying and then that was so shoehorned in and so maybe it wouldn't have been so obvious if they didn't cut to like that fish character
1: and have him do the little like he looks like tim allen like huh? wow that's a home improvement uh cut right there yeah. nice job yeah um good job on the home improvement poll tool time with tim the tool man taylor <sighs>
0: yeah i i didn't care about this story and even, let's say, whatever he does enters into cloning somehow in the future. Like, is this a connection to, like, Palpatine? Is, like... Oh, is 100% has wor- to be. people working, like, underground? Like, are we ever going to... And they gotta do it at some point of, like, how
1: did he actually come back? Mm-hmm. Other than just Poe Dameron going, he's back somehow. <laughs> we don't know how. <laughs> Great. We'll figure it out somewhere down the line and we'll retcon the shit out of this. But even if that's the, the case... Yeah. And I'm not usually this guy but it felt
0: like his entire story could have been diluted into about oh thirty 30 seconds of exposition if he comes back yes versus this entire episode that was boring
1: it's like all it was was to go get that piece of equipment off the junkyard star destroyer and a little bit of betrayal but it what it did do a little bit as far as like if you're looking for where it drove the story forward we were re the name Moff Gideon was tossed around a little bit, so like
0: he's coming back at some point.
1: We yeah, know we knew that, but now it's kind of like the setting the table. Does this cloning technology, this technology that this known clone, um, cloner slash co- clone scientist was looking for or needed to continue their independent work? Well, now we have it. So like, there's going to be kind of a continuation of that. But it also shows that like the New Republic people are not all like not all great. Like they're using the like the mind whatever you called it
0: but we got a ton of that in andor yeah and some of that in the last jedi like it's out there um and then the ending like when it came back to the story of the mandalorian you know the guy were there to watch yeah it got interesting again true and i'm curious where they're gonna go like in the bo katan stuff i think is interesting because they're like as of now like you're redeemed Mm -hmm. i'm my helmet off though yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens there Man, the first two seasons were so solid. Yeah, we don't wait to take the helmet off because it costs a lot of money to bring Pedro Pascal in for actual shooting. Yeah. And I I don't know. I, I have not been enjoying this season and for a show that I really enjoyed the first two seasons of. But it felt like they told the story that they were telling, and I've I've said this before, but they didn't know what to do. Like, they got rid of Grogu. That was the story.
1: And yeah. now it's just kind of treading water. I think the Mandalorian episodes in Book of Boba Fett were better than the ones we've had so far. Yeah. But we'll and that see. was
0: weird, because those were the like best episodes of Book of Boba Fett. And it was also like, why are these episodes here? Why is This is a
1: different show. They didn't have enough story for the Book of Boba Fett. But make it shorter. No one's forcing them to do this. Which probably plays back into all the cuts in the Star Wars area of things. Although, I mean, I will say in Book of Boba Fett, we did get to see them fight a full-ass rancor. That was fun.
0: Yeah. And there's going to be stuff leading up with... Um, like Ahsoka was introduced, and they're like setting up uh, Thrawn and like this big interconnected part of star wars and i'm kind of like do we have to can these just be their own things
1: no people wouldn't be satisfied with that probably everything must be connected and everything must have purpose and everything must be but I, I this is going back a few months i remember like my mom called
0: me she's like should we watch the Mandalorian?" i'm like yeah it's fun but then you also have to watch like these three episodes of boba fett and like trying to explain like all this like, you're making fuck. things way harder than they need to <laughs> yeah, be yeah things are if you're not like keeping up with everything if you're starting to make it impenetrable like i don't know if that's the best idea yes and I've, that was some of my issue with the last episode where they're just like here's all this exposi- exposition of stuff that happened in a different show from like 10 years ago yeah hope you kept up yes so i don't know i'm i'm not boy this season has really fallen off a cliff for me <laughs> and i'm i want it to be good because it has been so good and the people involved are good good like i like dave filoni i like john favreau like i like pedro pascal i enjoy the people working on this but oh my I have, yeah this is most things that go on long enough ebb and flow and quality and right now we are um we're in an ebb we, we're ebbing hard we're not flowing no. we're ebbing no there's no flow it's just treading water mm. all right that's it do we have any the, other
1: mandalorian thoughts the living waters of mandalore <laughs> oh
0: my god i do not it's just whatever this be, is the way be better show come all right, on there we go all right, we're going to move on from there. We're talking a comic this week. why On this comic book show. Mm. Moving on to Jared's Reading Corner. It's Jared's Reading Corner. All right, this week we are talking The Human Target. Uh, the reason we're talking The Human Target, um, it's a popular series right now. It's going to be 12 issues in total, uh, being written by Tom King and Greg, with art by Greg Smallwood, who's doing everything. He's doing, like, pencils, inks, colors, and it really... It's one of those ones where you can really tell one guy is doing it all because it is flowing beautifully. Mm. I love his artwork on this, and it's definitely like you could see like one guy with a vision, which I love. Yes. Tom King over now ex- exclusively at DC. He's done some stuff for Marvel, done some independent work as well. Uh, probably biggest claim to fame, well, he, he did like 85 issues of Batman plus some other additional stuff, which I, I do enjoy his Batman run quite a bit, but I think his real strength, and I th- it definitely shows what the stuff that he uh, chooses to do is taking a minor character and just doing like a 12 issue series with them or six issues and just kills it just bringing like these smaller characters up uh we first the first time he did this was um when he did uh the vision over at marvel that was 12 issues and like no one's like whatever a vision series who gives a shit one of the best things ever it's incredible and we've seen like some of the story points from that made it over into the WandaVision. Division. Will probably continue to make its way over into the New Vision show whenever that happens. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's other good ones were like um, Sheriff of Babylon, that was an indie book um, about war. Uh, strange Adventures, that was about Adam Strange. I have no
1: idea who Adam. Yeah. yeah, seems like seems like a strange fellow to me.
0: Like doing this one with Human Target. Like this is, I think this is where he really succeeds is doing these small, like well not small. I mean they're twelve issues, but. Tells a complete story with a character that's been mostly forgotten or kind of shunted off to the side, and it's really great. I, I, don't, I don't know if the series is quite done yet. If it's not quite done yet, it's almost done. Uh, we're reading from the first volume that came out in graphic novel form. Yes. All right. That was my kind of preamble to this.
1: There you go. Well, the story centers around a man who is uh, – he hires himself out to be kind of a uh, – as, as christopher chance i think is his name. chase chase whatever chance i lied uh yeah see christopher uh, chance you were right i was wrong thank you
0: wait hold on see minor character yes <laughs> uh
1: it's also on dc black label so you know it's gonna be edgy Ooh, yeah you can there's cigarettes in this thing <clears throat> yeah the comic code authority must not appreciate that no <laughs> uh so his job really is to like help flush out murderers by setting himself up to be killed or be like a body double. I don't know how spoiler you want to get where it's still fresh and new. But I mean no, I mean this is towards the end. We could definitely set up the premise of it, because what else is the point? That's a good point. So what we find out about him in the beginning though is and also the one of the things I liked about the layout of this is like the title page is the last page of the issue, which I thought was kind of neat. Like that's where you got your the title and the name of it like at the end of the issue. But uh he's dying. He actually the the whole thing starts out. Spoiler alert: he dies in like the first two pages. But how? But how? So twelve days earlier, he was a body double for Lex Luthor. Uh, an assassination attempt that goes awry. I can't. Be- and I agree with this. And I never really
0: bring it up. Lex Luthor has like a six a.m. press conference. I'm like, and they're like, who does this? I'm like,
1: I agree. Who does this? Yes. <laughs> that alone should have many people wanting to kill Lex Luthor. Also, like Lex Luthor's been killed before, hasn't he? Or come close to death, or been on death's door, or one of those things. But.
0: Has he ever died? I can't...
1: Yeah, because then like a weird clone of him came back and he had a
0: big red mullet. Yep, okay. There you go. So, see? I knew something. I feel smart. I think he just took a guess. You i would mean, say, did this character die? And I'd probably say, yeah, at some point. I had a 50-50 chance.
1: I think probably better. Better, better yes. So, he is trying to figure out who it is that is uh, trying... To, who tried to kill Lex Luthor with poisoned coffee. Well, no, he
0: gets... I mean, the assassination attempt happens. He gets shot on stage, yes. but... He's prepared for it. He's dressed up as Lex Luthor, which is just a bald cap. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the, the guy that shoots him, like he's like, "This is your enemy, Superman." Couldn't even do this now. I've set you free, and he just gets up and like lays this guy out. Yeah, he's like, "Oh no, no, I'm I'm very much alive." Has some shitty coffee, and whoopsie daisy, there was poison in it. Yes. I think most that, foul
1: yeah i'm probably lex luther was the one who's gonna poison him at the end he's probably the bad guy no i don't think so lex i
0: mean there'd be no point in him doing it no well i
1: mean he's evil first of all so there's <laughs> no point in anything he does yeah so in
0: a second assassination attempt on lex luther our buddy chris drinks this coffee and this is a 12 issue series and he discovers that he has 12, 12 days to live which is also i love that convention it's just it's a very simple idea but it works really well and it creates this great ticking clock where like you know where it has to go yes and how long you have to do it. it's great i love
1: that I, it's such a good convention i also love that the first page of every issue is the pinup girl ca- calendar with a day crossed off yes so you know which day you're on so or by
0: what issue number here yeah that's also <laughs> that a good point too.
1: so he um but on issue nine it's day nine. Oh, probably that's a mm. good guess unless they start to go into some non-linear storytelling and really mess with you but anyway this is also kind of non-linear storytelling because it starts with the end and it goes back to the beginning very pulp fictiony in that way. So doing some sleuthing around, he meets a character named Ice who is a was she a member of the Justice League International? Justice League International, yes. This is going back to the or um... the prime suspects in the murder attempt. The old give him Mateus Maguire days of the JLI. Oh yeah, the whole giant
0: omnibus that you have there. <laughs> yeah, I just had to turn my head. I'm like, who's was on this book? There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that
1: sucker over there. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's only omnibus number one. I could kill a man with that thing. You, that thing's huge. A, it's is it bigger than your big Damn City book? It's pretty darn close. <laughs> They're,
0: They're both unruly. You really have to be lying down to read them because you can't just like you can't hold them up. No, like you got to be like sprawled on a couch with it like next to you. Yes, and your
1: War of the Realms book also huge. You got a lot of big books. Yeah, you got big books and you cannot lie. But we got the biggest book solve them all but we kind of get an understanding this when he first handed me like oh this looks like james bond it's not james bond you're like nope this is far from james but he's kind of like that same in the same vein it's a
0: hard-boiled detective story it's a whodunit
1: yes and the whodunit is he's trying to solve who killed him yeah so he's solving his own murder over the course of the next 12 issues
0: and the way the structure of the book mostly works is it's not entirely a one-to-one but it's pretty close is just about every issue is him finding a different JLI member, figuring out who they are, what they did, if there's, it's slowly unraveling the mystery of, like, who could have, like, helped do this, who could have done what. So with Ice, like, we're immediately introduced to her. Like, she is uh, one of our two femme fatales in this. We're gonna Mm. meet a second one later with Fire. Fire and Ice, clever. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever I see them, like, these are the worst-named characters in comics. They might, like, it's just Ice, Fire, (laughs)
1: okay well i mean there's also like storm and cyclops those aren't exactly the most creative names ever more than fire and ice that's fair i suppose but that's that's basically the format as he keeps on every
0: justice league international member that he meets he gets a little bit more information a little bit more information he's putting the pieces together and is he being misled by ice is and the answer is probably yeah more than likely (laughs) that's how uh these detective stories work
1: yeah i've seen a hard-boiled movie or two in my time Yes, the, the hard-boiled, grizzled detective usually screws up with one woman. One woman? One woman. Yeah. Woman! I don't
0: know what that was. I don't know either. I was just,
1: I don't know, I'm tired. You just made a noise. I did make a noise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, with these first six issues, we get to go through uh, some of them. Go through uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, the most annoying character in DC Comics, who's really just best known for having a bowl cut and having Batman lay him out in a JLI book. What's, what's wrong with a bowl cut? bad i never actually i never had a bowl cut so he's also a ginger
1: did you ever have a bowl cut no okay thank god
0: no a a ginger with a bowl cut who batman um just knocked out with one punch one time (laughs) that's what he's known for (laughs) just being a dick and they uh some stuff is referenced that's that goes back to like um ice had died and they were together like her and uh, guy gardner and he comes back and he's just like the most toxic douche It's like, hey, Chris, what are you doing with my girl? She's like, not your girl. He's like, what are you doing with my girl? Yeah. And he keeps on doing that. And I guess without spoiling anything, well, there's a thing that happens around there. I'm not going to spoil it just in case. But um, Guy Garner uh, certainly has an interesting arc in this one. (laughs) And when the thing happens, oh, it's very reminiscent of that Batman punch, but maybe a little darker. Uh Uh-oh and it's great and uh tom king has written some of these characters before like uh blue beetles and their booster golds and they're like definitely characters that like he's shown an affinity for wanting to write just they're a fun combo of characters like booster gold's just a big dummy who's opening yeah. his own bagel shop i do like bagels which doesn't involve part of the investigation and overall like i mean i like a lot of what tom king h- has done like uh, the vision is exceptional but i honestly like think this m- is one of his strongest books that i've read and it you know, and I, bu- I bought it because I was like, I like his work. I'll check it out. It, kind of, and it sat here for a few weeks before I got around to it. It's like, oh, this will be a good one. Like Tom King is in the news because of all the DC stuff that's like movies are going to be based around yeah. and um, accidentally leaking the James Gunn news. I'm like, all right, this is a solid one. Let's check it out. And I read it and I really loved it. Like I was, and like I said, he's a writer that I like a lot. Like there's a big Tom Renaissance in comics right now. Like him, Tom Taylor, like two of my favorite writers right now. That are actively putting things out. But this was incredible. I loved it. I I had such a good time reading it.
1: I enjoyed it too. I kind of like the storyline. I like the structure of a... It's a whodunit, but you're solving your own murder before you die, knowing that you're going to die, allegedly. Who knows? Comics, nobody stays dead forever. So yeah, I, again, love the art, love the story that kind of film noir kind of detective angle to it i really enjoy it i think it'll be interesting to hear from you what happens and it's called hard-boiled i never looking that up well it says on the back of the book he's a hard-boiled it's a hard-boiled gritty story
0: i know but i don't know what the term hard
1: boiled means it's what you do to an egg
0: i understand that what does that have to do with detectives
1: i don't know the egg goes from being soupy and and pliable to like hardened and give you gas yeah what do people get gas sometimes from boiled eggs but not from eating a regular egg
0: This isn't helpful. Oh,
1: you made an effort. Uh, The term hard-boiled was coined to describe the genre.
0: Hard-boiled, in this case, refers to a tough attitude towards emotions that were triggered by violence. That doesn't really answer my question.
1: Well, I mean, you also would boil shoe leather, and that made it tough. So I guess that that could be
0: part of it, right? Is believed American crime writer Carol John Daly pioneered the genre in the mid-1920s. That wasn't helpful. Well, sorry. Well, I'm not looking into this any further. There you go. (laughs) thanks Google. yeah, this is incredible. It's one of my favorite things that Tom King has done. it was like definitely a fun surprise like even though like it's dealing with like the Justice League international and obviously like like major and minor DC characters it doesn't feel like your traditional DC kind of story. I'm excited to see where it goes. I can't wait to read the second half of this when it comes out but as I am a
1: trade waiter I you know be a few months there you go. A trade waiter, ha ha ha. That's what it's called. I know it is. I just, I don't know. No, I recommend it. I, I mean, not that my opinion matters more than yours. You're the one who's the expert. But Whatever. You like what you like, and I, I thought this was true. I thought this was really,
0: really strong. Uh, first six issues. I'm excited to read the second half of it, like in a big way. I Can't wait to get my hands on it. Like, like I said, this sat here for a couple of weeks. When that second one comes out, that's like I'm getting it in the mail and I'm cracking that bastard open. You're like, get here now. Yeah, basically. All right, there we're you gonna, go. We're gonna move on from there to the final segment of the show. In letters to the editors. A lot of questions, number one. Damn few answers. Here's another one of your letters to the editors. Make it so. If you want to ask us your own questions, you can. I know I've said it before, but hey, do it. Uh, you can write us in at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. Just about anything, and we'll answer it. Yeah. We might have done this before. I think it's definitely come up, but hey it's worth a
1: refreshing course when we've done a show for like five or six years sometimes your opinions on things change or maybe the answers have changed
0: now this one is more
1: straightforward okay i like it uh
0: this this question was asking what are the different comic ages what do they mean what is the difference
1: i think that was a that's a way back to the early part of the show so maybe we have silver bronze gold platinum uranium (laughs) Well, it's interesting you kind of breaking it
0: up like that. Um, Vibranium. Some people put more categories into this than others. So it's not... There's a couple of dividing lines that are pretty straightforward, but some of them are a little murkier for what things are. Like some people i don't even remember what they call it like some people call like comics that happened like pre superman in 1938 something else I, f- I forget what they call stone them. age but basically uh we start off with the golden age of comics mostly and it's not like superman took that long to come around like originally comics were um just collected newspaper daily strips mm. i think what was it like famous funnies but yeah golden age mostly meaning like the stuff around the superman era and leading up until roughly 1956 uh, fifty six. Uh, two years before that was when the Comics Code Authority was put into place, so that's part of it. It's like okay, like this is the line of like we we can't have like violence and werewolves and you can't portray the police in a negative way and you can't the cult, you can't yeah you can't have the mafia stuff like that. So that's uh that was 1954. 1956 is roughly when but if you call
1: them the syndicate, does that make them the mafia?
0: That's why uh, Marvel called them the Magia. Oh. Just moved a letter over one.
1: Not to be confused with uh, manga or manga. N- no, the
0: Magia. Yes. Still use sometimes, but yeah, that's why. They're or the called.
1: Magi, those three dudes that came and visited baby Jesus in the manger. You're not talking about that. Oh, sorry.
0: So, what's generally considered the start of the Silver Age is Showcase number four, which was the introduction of the Barry Allen Flash. So, taking a character that had been used before with Jay Garrick, updating it to something new and starting a new story. Which at the time, I mean, it's not. Eventually, we'll see like you know like flash of two worlds or whatever that issue was called but originally it was like okay we're kind of starting a new thing everything that happened before it's not like they like this wasn't like a clear-cut plan it just kind of played out that way but yeah generally uh the appearance of barry allen is considered the start of the silver age Again, like some wiggle room like I said like yeah. between 1954 and 1956 the end of the silver age is really the only thing on this that's considered like everyone has the same line yeah this is the only one everything else is a little you know argue your own point one way or another i don't really care the the end of the silver age is in 1973 so we're going from uh 65 to 73 is our range for the silver age what ends the silver age is amazing spider-man number uh, 122 when they killed gwen stacy
1: oh i mean i guess that's a definitive point
0: yeah it was like something darker that hadn't been done before yes it's up there mm. <laughs> so you're just looking around the room yes that one yes yes i point yes i see it her death is uh that is our defining line of okay this isn't just like we're gonna you know punch the villain and everyone has a happy ending it's like oh that's the stuff can go dark yeah and there's a whole history around that of like stan was on vacation and he never approved it and there was all this you'll hear a couple of contradicting stories but that's kind of the generally one that's considered and then we go into the bronze age after 1973 and this is another one where there is definitely not a definitive line like some people and I, I don't agree with this like, the, like oh like the bronze age was the last one it's still continuing to this day i definitely fall under the camp of that that's not how i take it because then we have what counts as the modern era and i don't have any idea when the modern era is going to end because it also has the annoying name of the modern era yeah. <laughs> so who the hell knows but the, the camp that i fall under is that goes until uh, the bronze age ends roughly 1986 And that's when you get Dark Knight and Watchmen coming out, and then everything changes into your, you know, we're dark and moody and gritty, and everyone has to be sad all the time. Aww. I mean, if you wanted to push the Bronze Age a little bit further, I I don't personally agree with this, but if you wanted to say, like, let's say X-Men number one is when the Bronze Age ends, I think you could argue that, just because that's, like, when the speculator market blew up and things just went insane in the 90s. Insane in the membrane. Good song but I, I i don't know so if you compare that to like what was that 91 i i think it's probably closer to 86 in my personal view but it's also not like you know there's not an authority like with like it's this and it's this and it's this it's like yeah you kind of you know
1: read where the the trends change follow the follow the i don't know what you're going to follow i was going to say follow the Brick road and
0: people have even like so there are some people that break it down even further i i kind of stick with the idea of the four different eras but you know it's not a hard and fast rule, except for that whole death of Gwen Stacy thing. That's the only thing everyone agrees on.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, that's the first, second big milepost, I guess you could say. All right, there you go. The explanation of the ages of the comics. Yeah. Like it's 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 do what you want with that information.
0: It also doesn't really matter.
1: No. At the end of the day, <laughs> there I we mean, go. It does matter to some people. So there you go. That's the show. All right. If you enjoyed the show, go to patreoncom slash comics. A dollar a month gets you the show the day we record it. Plus, you get access to things behind the paywall, like pod to the dark tower episode two out now it's exclusive only to patreon yeah um if
0: you're not I haven't heard this before uh what's happening is um me and my wife we're doing another podcast called pod to the dark tower we're going through all of the dark tower books and comics and other related media um roughly chronologically to the story but because you know books take a little bit longer to read we're we're prepping a lot of stuff ahead of time so when mm. we hit like 20 episodes i think we'll start releasing it to the public but for right now they will be going up on patreon exclusively like as we do and then there's not a set release schedule the first two are up i hope we get to re- the reading of the third thing is done so i hope we get to record that pretty soon but yeah uh two episodes are up that are exclusively on patreon if you're interested in dark tower stuff
1: so there you go check it out one of the i'm gonna say it's the the definitive dark tower podcast yes,
0: definitely not um we also <laughs> i was also like a, the issue episode two took a little while because we recorded one and i knew it was bad and i just i never even went back to listen to it it was just all wrong and we changed the format of how we did it and it came out so much better i was so much happier with our um re-record i will never release or even listen to it myself of what our first recording was because it sucked
1: maybe what you should do and let me just play this out for the right amount of patreon money release that to somebody no one wants this now there may be some curiosity factor behind it it could be like the the Bowen cut of 20 episode two <laughs> do you want to hear a really bad attempt at doing something great episode
0: i really like how episode two came out though when we uh, redid it so i'm i'm pretty pleased with this so far even though we're only doing
1: all right there you go so that is all part of patreon again patreon.com slash editors note comics you a can buck. Also, a buck it's a dollar
0: get that for a dollar a month if you want yeah
1: inflation doesn't in touch those prices baby
0: we got this show comes out a day early on patreon plus a podcast that's just out there give me a dollar yeah
1: and plus you can also get access to other things behind the paywall including the buffy back issue bin if you're a big buffy person
0: yeah there's some old exclusive episodes up on there that never got
1: released anywhere else there you go so there's plenty the most the biggest bang for your buck in this country right now you can't you can't buy more for a dollar than that i'll tell you what you can also engage with the show interact with us go on your favorite podcasting platform rate review and subscribe you can also email us editor's note comics at gmail.com and you can also find zach on twitter just look up editor's note comics and it'll pop right up there i am this there you well, are i'll say a thing
0: on twitter and then i'll basically repeat that same opinion on here a couple of days you, later you
1: tweet more <laughs> than i do although there was do a tweet,
0: i i think i tweeted twice this week
1: uh i've tweeted once in the last couple of weeks okay. but today's tweet did jog my memory about glycon
0: you saw an alan moore
1: thing uh no i didn't see an alan moore thing uh uh, there was a i had heard i didn't really overhear the conversation it just it was loud but this one person said if i ever get married and my husband comes home with a snake tattoo i'm gonna dump his snake worshiping ass <laughs> and i was like well there you go glycon is he a glycon worshiper so there you go
0: well in that case he should get one of those like barbed wire tattoos that we saw so many of in the 90s uh,
1: those just blue barbed wire tattoos that you don't see at all anymore no because people cover them up <laughs> Uh, but you can read more exciting tweets like that on uh, my Twitter at Junior Rich. All right, we'll be I'm gonna leave his snake worshiping ass. Um, I don't know what's happening next week. I haven't thought about it. All right, well so, there you go. Well, um, <laughs> you, I didn't know what was happening this week until yesterday. So <laughs> yeah, neither did I. I was like, oh crap, I haven't planned anything. No, there you go. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll be talking. Uh, we'll be talking Picard. Definitely. We'll be talking Mandalorian and something else. Maybe because uh, I think it is out streaming now. Cocaine Bear. That's a twenty dollar rental. Fine. You are no fun. <laughs>
0: All right, we'll be back next week. Bye.